this um, hour, though, we are chatting to Wendy Nola. Wendy is a renowned consumer journalist. She joins us every single Thursday at 2 o'clock. We always invite you to be a part of our conversations, to tell us about your experiences, because I can't believe how much I've learned, not just from chatting to Wendy, but from you sharing your own experiences as well, from how uh, car rental companies do their thing, you know, how they inspect vehicles when you take them, and to the things that you've been charged when you bring the vehicle back, to um, dealing with insurance companies and dealing with uh, uh, looking even at uh, toilet paper, what's regulated and what we actually get at the end of the day. There's just so many different issues we've tackled in the course of our conversations with Wendy Nola. And today we're looking at identity fraud. This is the focus of this hour. So uh, it happens a lot in South Africa and because of its prevalence, it means that we have to constantly create awareness, learn from others, but also do more to protect ourselves. It's actually a big problem in South Africa. Wendy recently looked at a case that was brought to her by Sabelo Zwani, who emailed her last week. Good afternoon, Wendy. Hello, Azza. Welcome back. Yes, great to chat to you. I had the same thing that you had, you know, loss of voice, laryngitis last week. (laughs) Well, you were missed. You were missed. Welcome back. (laughs) Good to be back. We we love to take our cues from from the listeners. And so, Sabella Zwane, he emailed our producer, actually, and said, uh, told us the sad story of his quest to try and help his mum, who'd been um, a victim of ID fraud, and she wasn't able to kind of get it sorted out on her own or even with his help. And she he hmm. wrote in and said, please, can you help? And so I took up the case. What happened was his, his mum, Winnie Tulisile Shabalala of Rodeput, um, she discovered sometime during the course of last year, yeah. um, around this time, June, uh, July, August, that... Um, Somebody had opened a an account at um, Builders Builders Warehouse mm. um, in her name, as her classic case of ID fraud. Mm. And um, by the time she found out about it, you know that she was being um, hounded for payment and handed over to various um, debt collecting agencies. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many times they sent affidavits both to builders as well as to the various debt collectors stating, this is me, this is my ID. I didn't, I've never had an account there. It wasn't me. Um, so the, the hounding continued. Um, and the last draw was when the debt collector actually got hold of her boss, yeah. which actually incidentally is not um, allowed in terms of the Debt Collectors Act unless it's very neutral hey. and about confirming a, a employment that shouldn't be the, the direct boss. Yes. Um, so she felt very afraid and intimidated, you can imagine. Of course. Um, so so um, the, the, this dutiful son, frustrated, I trying love to it help. I children yeah. help their parents. It's, yeah. Yes, how many to, of us actually always step in and always reminding yes. our parents, do not. I mean, my mom calls me and would say, I got this SMS. And she would yes. read it out to me and I said, no, do not do it. Leave it. Ignore it. Delete it. Bet, you know, so, so better I Better when they do that better. than when there's a problem afterwards because they, you know, did the wrong thing. Or Absolutely. Or it was a scam or whatever. But Wendy, so, the part that, that alarms me is that she yes. only found out when this had turned into a bad debt and had been yes. referred to uh, a debt credit collectors. to debt and, collectors. And worse than that, she was already what we call blacklisted. So there was an, no. there's an adverse listing. So her record is now wrecked by this thing that she had nothing to do with. Um, so 
as I say, her son Sabella was unable to to get it sorted hmm. either, hmm. Um, which is when they emailed us. So um, uh, the interesting thing was, I always ask because I cover so many of these cases. Did you recently? Did your mom recently apply for something at Home Affairs? Did she apply for a job? Anywhere where you submit all the tools that a fraud an ID forester would need, so your oh. bank statements, your your pay slip, your all those things, your proof of residence, all those things are exactly what a what a fraudster would need to a copy of your ID. That's all they need to impersonate you. So of course the ID fraudsters have contacts in these in those kinds of places. And anyway, sure enough, I'm not going to mention the retailer because we have no proof. But in June last year, when he um, opened up a, a, a account yeah. at a big retailer, yeah. a national retailer. So, so this is where she submitted she things like her payslip, her ID, proof of residence. Yes. Ah. Anyway, and then I asked as a matter of interest, what has she alleged to have bought? How much was the debt? And he said they've seen no invoices, no statements. They have no idea what this fraudster bought in his mum's name. Um, and she, he just wanted the harassment to stop. So anyway, I sent a media uh, query off to MassMart, which is the parent company of Builders along with Macro and Game. Mm-hmm. And I attached the, the affidavit, the much forwarded affidavit, uh, by when he's saying it wasn't her. And I asked the following questions. Yeah. What is MassSmart's normal procedure in such cases? Because I'm always interested in why do people need my help or, or some, any other third party right. help? Why can't they sort this out on their own? Uh-huh. She's done the affidavit. She's done what she's told. What should Mrs. Shabalala have done differently in order to get the account cancelled and the cancelled and the debt written off? And finally, is MassMart prepared now to do that and instruct the credit bureau or bureaus to remove the adverse listing? Mm-hmm. Um, in response, I got a very short a sh- short response. We have lodged a dispute query with our credit provider RCS. So RCS is an external company that um, would run the um, credit facility for. Um, builders and many other retailers. We have uh, also instructed RCS to recall the amounts from their debt collectors and stop Ms. contacting Ms. Shabalala. And my answer was that's that was great, it? a nice result. But yeah, there's no answers to my questions around why Winnie and her son couldn't get that result with my, uh, uh, without my intervention. And what did they do wrong? What is the procedure supposed to do? Be like what yes. is the procedure, and why were they not able to sort this out on their own? Did they do something wrong unwittingly? In which case, they should have been told. Mm. And I said I, w- I was persisting. I told the company because I get so many emails from consumers in a similar position yes. across suppliers, yes. not just the one group, who ought not to have to seek the help of a third party to clear their name and end the harassment. Right. So meanwhile, while I was sort of going back to them saying I want more on Sunday, which incidentally, um, debt collectors aren't allowed to contact. Um, alleged debtors on a Sunday but this I don't suppose they were asking her to pay she got a call from a debt collector to say um, they're sorry for her ordeal, her ordeal <laughs> according friendly. to Sabello they acknowledged for the first time that they had received her affidavits protesting that it was not she who opened the account um, and Sabella also received calls from the debt collectors as well as from a builder's financial services executive who promised to sort the matter out wait Wendy um, wait yes. wait you got yes. involved what a week ago no, yeah, when? earlier this, um, yeah, uh, last week. Just over yes, a week. Because they called you on Sunday. It was probably, with shows on Thursday, it was probably Friday. It was probably Friday. And yeah. by Sunday, they were calling her 
to yes. say uh, the debt collector was calling her and after yes, the response that you had from... the was calling her. But and this is a matter is, that the son and the mother had been struggling with for months with no resolution. Yes. You step in and in a matter of days it is resolved. So why can't people sort this out on their own? Well, is it a question... I wanted of, to know. Yes, is it a question that the corporation uh, just doesn't take us seriously enough? And well, at I what level is it the call center person that we're dealing with, the admin people that are supposed to be handling and taking these issues further? Is it that they are hoping that we'll be so harassed, we will pay this debt that they don't then have to lose and write off? What? Why? I think it's it's hard to know because obviously the comp- company is concerned and, and it's not specific to one. They don't readily offer up a whole trail of, you know, what went wrong and how. But if you, you think about mm. this particular situation, there's lots of places for the ball to drop because you've got the consumers complaining. You've got, as you say, call centers and limited sort of touch points. But yes. then you've got the, the stakeholders are the... the the um the the consumer the the wronged person the person who doesn't never had an account never opened an account then you've got um builders and their parent company massmart and then you've got RCS which is an out a separate company that's running the credit function mm. and then you've got the debt collectors so when I got the first call back from Asmont. They said, well, maybe she just sent, um, we're investigating, but she, if she just sent, the problem is if she just sent the affidavit to the debt collectors, that might have been the problem. And my, my response to that is, first of all, that shouldn't have been a problem if that was the case, because they're answerable. If you've got a consumer that's, that's mm. saying, this wasn't me, he has my affidavit, what did mm. they do? Put it mm. aside, which mm. is what happened in this case, because they admitted to her that they'd got it mm. more than once. Mm. Why aren't they feeding that back to the company and to say, please investigate, because she says it's not her. Mm. But in any event, um, when he didn't, and, and Sabella, they didn't just send to the debt collector, they sent to builders as well. So, th- th- so they haven't come back to me with a final outcome yet. But my, so, so I don't know where that ball dropped or if we will ever right. know. But, but my point is, um, that she, uh, I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, but let me ask she, the question. She did what we, she was. She did. She couldn't have done anything else. Okay, she did what she was supposed to do. But I want to mm. uh, invite our, our listeners now. I want to hear from our listeners because, as you say, that the this particular case, Winnie's case, Winnie and Sabello's mm. case, uh, you have lots of other emails of consumers in a similar position and across suppliers. So, give us your calls. Are you a victim of identity fraud? The kind of process, the time that it's taken for you to try and clarify this matter, this affidavit uh, uh, scenario that we're always told to to follow, has it worked in your case? Have you found responsive uh, retailers or, or, or uh, uh, creditors? Have you dealt with, have they been responsive, the creditors that you were dealing with? And also, I'm curious about how debt collectors have dealt or, or, or have conducted themselves with you. Because every time we speak about debt collectors, I'm struggling to remember the, the particular case from the last time, but there was also harassment in that case, mm-hmm. you know, where uh, people do not necessarily stick to the regulations that govern that space. So in this case, um, Mama Winnie, uh, who is the victim whose identity was, was, um, was stolen, yeah. she got a call on a Sunday. Yes, maybe they want fast resolution, but you know, she got a call on a Sunday and as Wendy says, it's not necessarily supposed to be the case. So I want your calls if you've been a victim of identity theft, but also on the conduct of, of, of debt collectors, um, on 011-8830702 and 31702 for your SMSs, your WhatsApps and your voice notes on 0727021702. So would you, this, this, this has been laid to rest. Do we now wait for a letter to confirm this? Well, Do, will her name be 
taken off ITC. Well, let me tell you, I, I then got a fuller response where I said, I need, <laughs> need more. You haven't answered my questions. Oh, I got, yes. It concerns us that Mrs. Shabalala and her son have had to go to such great lengths to receive assistance, and we are conducting an internal investigation to establish whether our processes were inadequate to promptly deal with this query. Mm. As discussed, RCS is still investigating her case. In this instance, the process involves retrieving the original application documents, which had already been archived. And I kept saying, well, how, what, what is supposed to happen? And this is what's supposed to happen in this company. The customer will lodge a complaint at the stores or the call center. Mm -hmm. They would then lodge a complaint with RCS's fraud division, who would conduct an investigation to establish if fraud had indeed taken place. If it was established that that happened, then the debt would be written off and RCS would further ensure that any adverse listing at the credit bureau is removed. And I'm quite sure that in, in, in Mamwini's case, that is exactly what's going to happen. But mm -hmm. the point for me is she shouldn't have spent months and months trying to sort this out herself and failing yeah. and her son. Yeah. Um, so there's something wrong with the system generally, at least this was just a case that went horribly wrong, but that's why I kept pushing to say, what should she have done differently mm. to avoid having to seek external help, which isn't very good for them either, because yeah, we are discussing it on radio. Yes, you know, yes. It would have been for they, them if they just sorted it out. And as I say, but there I'm, are systems, but somehow these processes uh, were not necessarily, yeah, they case. failed in this particular case. To the point that she was blacklisted, getting harassing mm -hmm. calls every day and, and, and her employer being brought in on it. I mean, it's just unconscionable. Can they contact your employer? Let's actually look at how debt collectors should conduct themselves. Okay. So very, very briefly, because it's, it falls under the Debt Collectors um, Act and the regulator is the Debt Collectors Council. I have to say that this applies only to debt collectors, not to attorneys who do debt collecting, who fall under the the law society and they pretty much are law into themselves when it comes to debt collecting. So if you are handed over mm. for non-payment, you better hope that you get handed over to a debt collector and not a firm of attorneys. But the, so this applies to debt collectors um, who were involved in this case. Right. It was a firm of debt collectors. They can't call you before 8 o'clock in the morning or after 9 o'clock at night unless you give them permission and I don't know who's going to do that. <laughs> yeah. They can't call you on a Sunday or a public holiday. Um this case with Mamouni was slightly different in that it was obviously an urgent case. They wanted to reassure her. They weren't phoning in a debt collector's capacity to say, when are you going to pay? They were phoning to say, sorry, yes, we've yes, treated yes. you badly. Right. Um, you, they can't contact you at work if um, they know that the consumer's employer doesn't want them to be contacted during work hours because that's mm -hmm. harassment and it's getting them into trouble. Mm -hmm. If you tell them that I can't, you can't phone me during work hours and they continue to do that, you can lodge a complaint with the council. Yeah. Um, they can't make contact with your employer about the debt you owe unless that debt is about, and this I learned just recently, I didn't know this, and unless that debt is about um, child, child maintenance, maintenance yeah. that the, that the, the, the father owes, then mm -hmm. they are legally ab obliged to, which I think is great. Mm. They cannot contact relatives, friends or neighbors to embarrass you into paying your debt so you know by them finding the, the the employer who now knew that she allegedly owed this money was mortifying for her for her if you're somebody that conducts your financial affairs properly and you pride yourself on that and my general advice i always say and anyone that deals in debt will, will, will uh, consumer advocacy around debt is mm -hmm. 
um, always refuse to engage with a debt collector on the phone. They'll try and make you believe that you have to talk to them. You don't have to. Insist that they email you rather so that there is a trail um, of, of what has taken place between you yeah. and demand that they send you proof of their current registration with the Debt Collectors Council because they can't be, ah. they have no right to even contact you at all about anything if they aren't a registered debt collector and many actually aren't. Wow. So you, you must throw it back to them. They like honored you about you. You do this, you do that. No, they have to put it in writing and they have to prove. Mm. They have to prove by means of statements and all the rest what you owe, when you've owed it from, exactly how the amount was arrived at in terms of interest and costs and all the rest. Which so Sabelo did rude. not have. He struggled no, to he get. No, nothing. Yet so this is slightly know different. What the amount it was completely was. fraudulent. Um, but yes. still, she was being treated like an ordinary bona fide, you know. Like yes, genuine, yes, yes. Like she was the but they didn't, they didn't even give her the details of what the debt was. But out of the things that you've listed, uh, two happened yes, to me. I got contacted oh. about an employer. Uh, an employee, mm. rather, I should say, an employee's debt. About, and they mentioned the debt. No, that is illegal. They did. That they mentioned illegal. the debt and the service that they had rendered, and this mm-hmm. is the amount that's now no, owed, no, no. and so on. Uh, and then also, I got contacted about a relative. So, <gasps> yeah. You see, well, that's why it's in the that's why it's in the code of conduct because these abuses are, are rough, mm. but they actually are illegal, and so. You know, it's up to us to use our platform to tell people, yes, it's not a great thing not to pay your debts, but you have certain rights as debtors um, when you're in that situation and you can't, they can't just treat you um, in an abusively over in the process of trying to come to an arrangement to pay. Yes. Yeah. Let's go yeah. to Bev. Bev's calling us from Santon. Hello, Bev. Hi. How are you? Good. And how are you? Uh, not so great. Oh. I think what is slightly different, really, very little different um, scenario where it's not my identity, but I was left as a signatory on a surety document for an overdraft authority yeah. by a bank. I won't say which bank, but by a bank. I've tried for five years to get this situation resolved. I have copies of letters and everything that I've sent to the bank and said, please, I want this rectified immediately. My name has come off this facility. I no longer own this company. I'm no longer involved with the company, blah, 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 yeah, blah. It's yeah. now come down to the situation now, and your, your guest there has just answered one of my questions, mm-hmm. because it's actually with a law firm at the moment who are harassing me no end. Mm-hmm. They're threatening to send the sheriff of the court. They've taken a judgment against me for this amount of money. They're threatening to send the sheriff of the court to attach um household goods or whatever. Yeah. And even though I've got lawyers' letters that have gone backwards and forwards to them to say that the bank is busy investigating the issue, they continue to harass me mm-hmm. and I've got until tomorrow to answer them, otherwise the sheriff of the court is going to arrive. Mm. What, well, what and, is my situation here? Yes, well, I know the frustration, Bev, especially yeah. when you start to hear that the sheriff coming is coming to attach your goods and all of that. It happened to a cousin of mine, also similar circumstances, setting up a business, and but they also withdrew. But for some reason, they were left as the person who had to answer for some of the uh, the the, the uh, financial conduct of that organization. It was quite an effort. Wendy, what do you think of this? What an awful situation. Well, first of all, if that had been um, a, de- a debt collecting firm who was doing that, I mean, there were lots of, as you say, transgressions yeah, there. Also, you can't actually, they can't, the, co- the code precludes them from making threats that they have no, um, 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 what's the word? They intention. have no intention yeah. of, <laughs> of following up on. So whether it's blacklisting or, 
um, the sheriff coming around to attach or any, any other kind of legal action. But, the, but no, the debt collectors can't. So the lawyers are just oh. alone to themselves when it comes to these sorts of things. Yeah. But yeah. I doubt any of that will happen if you can prove that you um, took drastic steps and repeated steps to um, inform the bank that you are no longer involved with the company and that you um, have no place being a signatory mm. and wouldn't be okay. um, responsible for any debts or whatever um, if that was okay. the case. And those debts were not... Um, in any way linked to you, you know, prior to you no. saying that you don't... Um, I okay, then the dates would prove that. Yeah, I yeah. think it would be very um, unlikely of them to inf- go forward with that action knowing that you can prove that it wasn't your debt, number one, and number two, that you had taken steps to to um, get your, your, your name removed as a signatory. The only thing I can suggest to you, um, Bev, is to... Um, is to uh, leave your details with with our producer and and uh, or, or else um, yeah get his, my email address from mm-hmm. him and mm-hmm. email me. Uh, the fight really now is the banks. The banks must call the the lawyers off. Right. Um, and if you could send me those uh, proof that you've written to them and said you know all those years ago that mm-hmm. you need this to come off, then I, I shouldn't imagine that I would battle too much to to get that done but again another example of why should somebody need a third party yeah. to step in and do what should be done easily done by them as the client and i think uh, uh, you might find that a lot of people do give in a lot of people uh, just buckle under all that pressure under what bev described as harassment and then pay up even though they are they may be on the rights and have some measure of protection that they would pay anyway just to make it go away and you know to many of us are away. afraid of breaking the law i certainly am i just i think a court a jail no, Mudimu. It just sounds intimidating. Yeah. Yes. So you yes. get so intimidated that you, you, you always try and do the right thing all the time. Um, yeah. so part of it, I think, is just bringing pressure to bear. So Bev, just stay on the line. Give my producer, uh, your details or she'll share Wendy's email with you. That's Bev and Santon. Wendy, we're taking a break and we're taking more calls as we continue our conversation about ID theft, identity fraud. Um, it's something that is certainly a big problem in South Africa. Has it happened to you? What kind of long drawn out process so maybe in your case it was quick what kind of process did you follow to try and sort this out clear your name and of course rid yourself of uh, 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 things that or debts that have been attached to um, the other fraudulent identity or your fraud, your identity that had been stolen Zero one one eight eight three zero seven zero two and 31702 for your SMS's Zero seven two seven zero two one seven zero two for your WhatsApps and voice notes 702. Asanya Mosaka. Lines are always open. On 011-883-0702. It's been a fascinating half hour so far uh, with Wendy Nola, consumer journalist, as we were looking at the case of Sabelo Zwane and his mother, Winnie Tulisile Shabalala, uh, whose identity was stolen and an account was opened with builders. And of course, this account was referred to debt collectors and it's attached to her identity. And it's been quite a journey in trying to clear the matter up. So we are talking about identity fraud, but also looking at debt collectors, the process, the do 
do's and don'ts uh, and the things that they are permitted to do and those that they're not. Wendy, there are quite a few SMSs and calls so far. One says, hi, Wendy, this is so scary and yet enlightening. Um, I've been so miserable in my new position at work that I happily responded to a random email asking if I was interested in a position. I immediately sent a copy of my payslip at their request. I almost fainted when you mentioned this and I immediately Googled the email address and found that it was a recruitment agency. Lesson learned. And thank you so much for sharing. Um, and then sharing that. Yes. And then another one says recruitment agencies must stop requesting job applicants as payslips. Um, there's high staff turnover in these agencies. Identity theft is very rife in the industry and employment employers must pay based on skills, qualifications and experience, not based on previous salary. Um, so is this like a hotbed for where identity yeah. theft can happen? It is. And and realistically, though, um, in order to come up to determine that's what they do in order to just come up with a ballpark figure, yeah. they want to see um they want to see the most recent job I applied for. I had to do that. I had to, and you don't like doing it, but, mm. and, and you hope for the best. And me in the field that I am also was like, well, this is one of the ways that ID fraud happened. There are many yeah. other ways, but I, as I say, whenever I get one of these cases, I make a point of asking, where do you think it happened? Did you recently mm. go to home affairs? Did mm. you recently apply for a job? And so many of them say, yeah, I did actually. If I think about it, it was about the month or two before it happened. Mm. So it might just be, you know, a coincidence that many of them have said that. If you speak to the South African Fraud Prevention Service, um, which incidentally is the organization that you must get hold of if you find out that you're a victim of ID fraud, you must immediately get hold of them. Or even if you've lost your, if you had, or had your ID stolen from you. Because they have something called pr- protective registration. Yes, yes. And yes. what they do is they've essentially, with all their members who are the credit providers, they red flag your Such identity, your ID number, so that if the person not, then goes to try and open another account, mm-hmm. a cell phone contract or whatever it is, um, it will be red flagged. And if it's you, then you have to unfortunately um, carry another form of ID on you, so your passport or your driver's license right. or whatever, to say this is actually the real me and may I apply for this credit. So it makes your life a little bit more complicated, but okay. at least you're then protected from further fraud. But they say um, there are lots of, of ways that people compromise the information. So yeah. you, you're cleaning out your purse, your wallet, you throw away your slips, you throw away your yeah. accounts, it's got your home address on, never put it in the recycling bag or the garbage, you must shred or burn or somehow destroy I do a big right bonfire I do there, a big yeah. bonfire do yeah because I also cathartic. think tearing it up maybe someone can still piece those pieces together I'm so paranoid yes. so I just well, put them yes. in the bride stand and just light them up let's go to uh, Pule in Alberton uh, Pule thank you for your patience good afternoon Hello. afternoon other afternoon Wendy um, actually I went through almost a similar incident which started last year but ended somewhere beginning of this year yeah so uh, this incident happened together with Home Choice. What I first of all saw was a debit order go through on my account somewhere in August last year. I reversed it. It went off again, and then I reversed it. Somewhere beginning of this year in January, I got a call from the, I think it was the collectors, mm. 
the most mm-hmm. rudest people you can ever talk to. And 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 it's interesting to hear what Wendy is saying because I I think in a space of two days I received more than sixteen calls, varying oh, from seven oh. o'clock in the morning all to later illegal. in the evening. Oh, all illegal. And and and, and and the funny part is, and <laughs> you know, you think you will not be caught up in such things, and I don't yeah. even know where they got my detail from. But I think to my protection, I I bypassed the whole process because. I then eventually asked, how do I resolve it with them? And they told me about affidavit. Look, I couldn't even speak to the, sorry, to the, to the debt collectors, to debt collectors. I spoke to Home Choice eventually. Mm-hmm. And then they told me about processes of how you have to send through your, uh, affidavits and all that mm-hmm. long process. And fortunately, I work in customer service. Now, I did not care at that particular moment about the process. Eventually, I started calling through, looking for the financial director, looking wow. for the, looking for the heat. Yeah. And, I was ready to say a ball's head off because at the end of the day, all I said to them was, you guys have found in me, uh, you've delivered the goods, you've delivered them to a wrong address. You've managed to find me with all details later on. Why didn't you take the same process when you started delivering? But because we are so eager for sales, Mm -hmm. you guys went and delivered and now I'm going through this problem. Mm -hmm. At the same time, as I'm speaking to to Home Toys, I'm still being bombarded on the other side with calls. Mm Luckily, before I could even swear at the CEO and the financial director, there was a gentleman by the name of Crystal Lukakis. I think he was in fraud. Mm. He managed to assist me through the process. Look, I was swearing. Uh, I was really swearing. And he also then took me to the further process where they block your profile. Right. And that, that then really assists because apparently there's passwords now on my profile before anybody can even take anything on. Because mm. now this... And why I was training was saying to them, this is damaging to careers. And yes. in my career line, I'm not allowed to actually have such things. Yes. Uh, but you guys have taken the liberty to find me afterwards. Why couldn't you do it in the start? Mm. That's yes, so interesting. Point. So the rage and you being irate is what got action. And, and I, for, fortunately, I work in customer service. So I do know where to tap in order to irritate the system. For me, I know that if I had gone through their processes, it makes sense to them. It's going to take time. But if you swear at the heads most of the time, Mm. what happens Mm. is the heads have to sway down as well. And we all know this. (laughs) The heads have to sway down. And eventually, this thing gets dealt with as quickly as possible. Luckily, Christo got hold of me and he found me as a fireball. And he said to me, okay, please don't swear at the the CEO. And I said to him, I am going to swear at him if this thing is not resolved within a day. Because this is my career line. And fortunately enough, he took it hands on. The next day when they kept on calling, I said to him, Crystal, your people are still calling me. And he calls me, like, stop calling this person. Because wow. at the end of the day, I'm fireball. Wow. Hey, no, Pule, you're the one. <laughs> no, no, the chapata, how can say, Joan? Discovery does not work. I don't know who the hell is at Discovery who does not understand this process as well. <laughs> so your I mean, swearing must been... be on another level, honestly. But thank you for that thank insight. You. Thank you, so Azar. take it out of the customer service side you of know, things uh, uh, and deal with the executives. Wow. I, I don't, uh, obviously, I, I, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to advocate yes, um, yes. swearing and, and, and uh, kind of um, behavior, but it obviously worked there. And um, in the cases, it wouldn't because, as I say, I've seen so many times where the person who's, as in this case, police case, he's got every right to be mad as hell. Mm-hmm. It's threatening his career. It's mm-hmm. harassment. It's, it's, always, it's wrong on many levels. Mm. But I always say try not to resort to that because then the issue gets sidelined to your bad behavior instead and detracts right. from your very real So issue. they take a hard but, line. But, and, but okay. yes, but you see in some cases, and this is companies teaching consumers to 
resort to that kind of behavior mm-hmm. because that's what they respond to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I, I understand when people just like that say to me, why should I take time off work yes. and go and find a commissioner of oaths, write this thing, send it at my cost and effort and time off work and whatever because of something that had nothing to do with me. There was something wrong mm. with their processes, and I'm glad they mm. brought that up because it often is. As he said, they go through all these lens to track him down and verify and verify, but what about when they were taking out, opening the fraudulent account? Yeah. Where were their processes they, there? Why uh, weren't they checking the documentation, et cetera, et cetera? So unfortunately, when I get one of these cases, I have to say, I know how this works. Mm-hmm. I've taken up many of these cases. If you don't get that blooming affidavit, I can't help you. Okay. Get the affidavit and try, you know, then try and submit it on your own. If you're not, if it's still not helping, um, then I promise you I will take it up for you. Okay. And that's how we go. But I understand that feeling of why should I? Mm-hmm. Why should I? Absolutely. Because yeah. you haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. And so much is yeah. at stake. Listen, let's take a break and we come back to more of our call. 702. Asanya is on Twitter at Asanya underscore. It's 10 minutes to uh, 3 o'clock and thank you for your patience, uh, Janet. Janet in Rosebank. Um, we uh, have Wendy Nola in Cape Town. What's happened with uh, you when it comes to identity fraud? Hi there, Um I had uh, my identity was stolen about, oh, must be about six, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, I got a debit order going off. I was actually overseas at the time for work. Uh, for 800 odd rand with a cell phone provider that wasn't my provider. So as soon as I got back yeah. to South Africa, I went straight to my bank and I reversed the debit order saying to them, that's not mine. I don't have an account with this cell phone provider. Mm. Um, and basically, well, look, you know, it could be fraud because they need proof of bank accounts, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So I tried unsuccessfully to get hold of this particular company following through to their call center, just rang and rang and rang. Eventually, I went onto their website and I logged like a, like a complaint type thing in. One of the options was suspected fraud. I put the reference number mm. uh, of, of the, or the account number that appeared on the debit order and, and then I just left it. And that was in the January. And then in the October, I got a phone call at the office um, saying I owed 36 Thousand. You, Janet. And of course, you can imagine how my heart was beating. Yes. And I, I was such a shock, and I said, What is this about? And as soon as they mentioned the cell phone provider, the penny dropped. Right. So, I mean, the, the lesson number one was I should never have ignored, or, you know, I should have tried hard to, harder to get hold of the cell phone provider. But mm. anyway, I did the affidavit. I, you know, jumped through hoops. I was crying. I was hysterical. Did you swear? You know, I didn't actually swear. I did swear at home when I when I related the story to my husband. Actually, I was phoned because I phoned him immediately. But you know, it was just a complete shock. I Mm. mean, I had to jump through hoops. I sent emails. I was on the phone all the time, Mm. and this went very time consuming. Six to seven weeks. Yeah. Wow. Um, See, this is my point. You know, and and actually, Wendy, you, I got hold of you eventually. And you actually were the one who sorted it out for me. So, <laughs> you know, Thank you. Uh, yeah, it, it was just such a nightmare. But my whole thing is, you know, no one how does this happen because I never lost my ID. We've been shredding stuff for like, since we got married. We've mm. had a shredder. Mm. Um, and I just think that sometimes these syndicates, 
working in these big corporations. Right. Um, how else do they get your details? How else do they, you know, how else That's do they... That's what I was saying. You know, there are certain places where they... Yeah. 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 No, they, so there's they actually, the the, where it happened. yeah, Sorry. there's actually a WhatsApp. Someone says, I've never lost my ID, but three times already someone has opened accounts in my name. Yeah. So you yeah. wonder, well, like, need... where he says you replied, but they clearly, there's an area where there are these vulnerabilities. Where you yeah. think yeah. about companies that routinely source the exact information that a fraudster would need to, to yeah. represent mm-hmm. you when they go to open an account. It's, 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 exactly. That's an obvious place where a syndicate would operate, get an inside contact, mm. and they're, they're, that's it. So th- then it goes to, you know, how do you find out that you have been a victim yes. and uh, do yes. what you can to prevent it, like treating and all of that, but then what do you, how do you get on it? So one of the ways you can do it is to um, pay a little extra to one of the credit bureaus that will alert you when there's... When there's um, oh, some um, activity. When, yeah, so when someone's applying... For an account, they would that would they would alert you to okay. that, and you would find out straight away. And you know, uh, checking your credit record, um, your credit record regularly, and that sort of thing. But mm. I like that alert idea because it will tell you straight away. Yes, yeah. So uh, what Janet it's is saying, you. I think there's a great mm. lesson in what she's saying as well. Is that take Don't these ignore. little, yeah, the, the the SMSs or whatever kind of uh, unusual activity that you know you didn't approve of, take it seriously and try and nip it in the bud right there. Thank Thank you for the call, Janet. And, you know, uh, as Bully uh, had said earlier on, you think it won't, you won't get caught up in this. You think it won't happen to you. But there she filled in those details on the fraud page and it happened nonetheless. Lulama, um, you're calling from Randberg. Good afternoon. Hi, Ada. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm um, well, thank you. So um, I was also a victim of identity theft, I think in about 2014. So yeah. what happened is I got contacted by, uh, I don't know, somebody saying that they were acting on behalf of a service provider for a cell phone contract mm. and asked that I sent through a copy of my ID, pay slip, mm. et cetera. Mm. And this Who's was actually in 2012. So yeah. this was in 2012. And I uh, gallibly sent all this through then in 2014 so about two years later i then received a call from a lender so a micro lender Mm. and they they said that they'd received they were confirming an application that i had made which at that point i then confirmed that i hadn't made the application Mm. so what they then managed to do is that they actually sent me what was submitted to them that's how i was able to see that it was actually you know a payslip from 2012 but I think for me, what was most concerning is that what I then did after that is that I then received advice to register on a, and I think Wendy spoke about this earlier on, on a... Um, the South African Fraud of, um, Prevention... Yes, but yes. What, what, was con- what was concerning for me, Wendy, though, is that they sent me a letter. So they said that going forward, if if I then need to prove that it is indeed myself, so if I am applying for credit, yes. I would then be requested to submit this letter that then proves that it is indeed myself. And what's concerning for me is that I've applied for credit thereafter. I mean, I've applied for car finance, etc., and nobody yes. ever really asked me for that letter ever. You know, oh. I still followed the normal oh. process and, mm. and nothing over and above, you or know, asked you for checks have been done. Mm. For, for another form of ID, such as a driver's license, for example. 
Well, look, I, I suppose with car finances, you know, I would have had to submit that in any case. It, yes, true. But anything else, I mean, if I, I mean, I've applied for a genuine cell phone contract thereafter, and I've never been asked for anything over and above that. In fact, I don't even know what I've done with that letter now. Because yeah, so you're worried about yeah, the, the, the process, what it actually, sta- what it means. Does yes, it carry any weight? Um, Does it prevent it's future activity yeah. on your name? Okay. It's, it's called it's a protective question, registration, Lana. and it's the South African Fraud Prevention Service. Mm. I would certainly, um, it's Lulama. I would, I would certainly um, get hold of that organisation, and and find out what the status of your protective registration is. Okay. Because um, maybe it's alerting them on the on the side, but what's the point if they're not verifying that you are the real Lulama of ID number, whatever? Mm-hmm. What other ID can you show us? Do you have a letter from the Fraud Prevention Service? Mm. Um, I would very much. Uh, advise you to, to follow that up and I'll certainly ask the question of them myself yes, yes. the executive director to say yeah. what we've also what had them on the show that. before so I think yes, it is important that we paid. understand what mm. value there is in, in, in this platform what protection it provides um, Wendy we are out of time I think we've had, heard some very interesting stories and I think to have an account like what Janet shared about how you've managed to assist and uh, that was many years ago <laughs> and it still stands out in her mind is really a testament to your passion and how you do what you do thank oh, you thank as you, always um, and thank I know you. their podcasts our listeners can of course go on to um, life and uh, that is lifepodcasts.fm and you can look for uh, good to know with Wendy Nola you'll be able to listen back to conversations we've had on with her on Nola Knows on Thursdays and of course her own contributions uh, under good to know to listen back on the variety of topics that we've had that you can certainly benefit from. Wendy, have a fantastic week. Thank you. You too. Protect your voice. Yes, (laughs) working on that. That was Wendy Nola.